0: Kimberly here. This is Macabish, cults, classics, and horrors. We're talking films, series, books, and life. And we're starting right now. Dark Tower series, First, I want to give an overview of what the Dark Tower series is, how many books, titles, all that real quick, so people who don't know can know. And the people who read it but forgot can know. So we can all kind of be on the same page here. So, Dark Tower series written by Stephen King over, frankly, a very long period of time. The Gunslinger, which is the first book, was written in 1982. Then The Drawing of the Three, 1987. Then The Wastelands* 1991. Wizard and Glass, 1997. The Little Sisters of Eluria, 1998, which, by the way, is news to me. I have read the Dark Tower series I don't know how many times and didn't know about that one. But I'm excited because I'm going to get that book. And the next time I read the entire series, I will have that book in it, so it'll be something new. That'll be great. Um, anyway, Wolves of the Collar, 2003. Song of Susanna, 2004. The Dark Tower, 2004. And then The Wind Through the Keyhole, which is really a book, a story within a story, and it was written in 2012. And the the concepts of the Dark Tower series, or at least the character, the main character, which is Roland Deschain, is inspired by um, Robert Browning. He wrote a, a poem called "Child Roland to the Dark Tower Came." And uh... Sorry, I everything. Me. That's a lot of books. And and yeah, it, it is. It's just a great story. Stories that are really interesting to me, I want to last forever and never mm. end. Which is why, if if it's just one book, I will often end it and then turn right around and start over if it was that good. But otherwise, oh. I like really long good series.
1: Absolutely, I agree with that.
0: Yeah, and then okay, um, on to our characters. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I, I I truly enjoyed the Dark Tower series. It was a long. And sometimes painful read, but it, the characters are so colorful. Right. Well, I remember when I finished the last chapter of the last book, my heart just aches because I miss those people so much. Yeah, and well, let's
0: introduce the characters. Other than Roland Deshane, we're going to have uh, Jake Chambers. Eddie Dean, yeah, Eddie, um, Susanna Dean,
1: Susanna, and
0: Oi, and then after a while they become a quartet, and then they call themselves after a while it you know Quartet of the ninety nine. It's a yeah. whole long winding story of how they get there, and I think at that point they're like between Lud and
1: uh oh, Oh, Lud! Right, that place. That place
0: was hell. That place. If man. there is a town built on hell, Lud is it. And I think the reason why I feel that way is not because it's actually hell, but it's like everything is bad. Is as bad as you figure it can be, without everybody being dead. But but they're on their way to death because something or someone is going to kill them. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Especially the stupid game that they have, that they play every year, or at least on people's birthdays, where you are set to dance on your birthday, which is pretty insane. Yeah. Which means at some point... um, you're you're going to be involved in this terrible lottery. Your name is going to come up, and you get to die that day, and then you get to be one of the many. I don't know what you call want to call that decorations, right? That graces Lud's corridors, and yeah. it's that just tells you how sick everything and everyone is. And they're, just, they're locked in this madness, and I think it was created by or continued by a damn machine, a computer, under hmm. the city that nobody knows how to stop.
1: Right, right, right. Of that amazing technology that nobody has any idea how it came about, how to do anything with it. It's just right. there, running under the surface. Right. And
0: And it's also got, they also have this Hatfield and McCoy thing going on where, what is it, Greys and Pubes?
1: Greys and Pubes.
0: Ridiculous and gross, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) But they've been fighting forever to the the extent that nobody even knows why why they're fighting anymore. They just continue to fight because they always have fought. They fight each other. They fight fight the machines. They kill each other to to appease the machines, the computers, and, and, and then outsiders. And then on top of that, they're dealing with, like, radiation sickness. And nobody seems – everybody seems pretty content with how hellacious and disgusting it all is. And those yeah. who can benefit from it are benefiting from it, and everybody else is just content and waiting for their time to come.
1: Right. And it's pretty horrific. Do you remember the name of that um, character who met them as they were trying to cross the bridge into Lud? I hate that guy. Uh, that yeah. guy. Garbage human being, man. I call him a land pirate. He's just.
0: Yeah. Whatever. He was. Yeah, that was pretty gross. He's
1: I took Jake, think, I, I think believe.
0: Yeah, he did. Like, and at this, it wouldn't have happened except Oi fell through that Ricky-ass bridge.
1: Right. And they go
0: for him. And when they were all focused on trying to get them back up, the dude snuck up on him. I wish I could remember his name, but I can't. The idea of the tale is Roland is descendant of people and order of knights. And they have a purpose to the tower they can stop it there because there's a bad guy that is in the tower and trapped at the top of it inadvertently, the Crimson King, the Red King. And they figure if they can get there, if he can get there, by any means necessary, however long it takes, as long as the world still exists and he can make it, he can stop it or at least have a chance to. Yeah. Along the way to draw people in to his reality. And it happens in the drawing of the three when Eddie come in and Susanna come in, even though Susanna comes in as Odetta, and it's a whole thing because she's got multiple personalities and she draws all of herself in and then she ends up being she goes from Odetta Holmes to Susanna Dean. Right. And, um, And then at the same time, Roland is recovering from being attacked by horrific sea creatures who have eaten oh. up half of his body and
1: <laughs> yeah, that, and he has what? to like
0: go into other worlds and get aspirin of all things to fight the infection Aston. and the fever Ashton yeah, so that he doesn't die and on top of that Eddie is also a junkie and he's got to kick the junk after he's drawn into this other world, right, and then on top of that, Roland has to teach he teach Eddie and Susanna how to live there and to turn them into gunslingers, which is what he is. Right. Even though Roland is the last of of Gilead, aside from um, the Dark Man, who he's also chasing because he believes the dark man has some kind of information he can use to get to the dark tower. Right. To start, to stop the world and all the worlds from ending. And there are a lot of char- a lot of great characters along the way. Actually, they don't last very long for whatever reason, whether they, they die or they just fade into the background, whatever. But there's a lot of great characters in the story, in a lot of um, um, intersections of the story into other Stephen King novels, like, you know, Salem's Lot,
1: mm-hmm. Insomnia,
0: uh, Eyes of the Dragon, Cell, uh, The Stand, um, Hearts in Atlantis.
1: Hearts in Atlantis, yep. I was the Shining. About
0: yep. And then also, there was this mini series that was on for a minute called Kingdom Hospital. Oh yeah that um, in that familiar. series. Yeah, in that series and I only know that because of Nasala. You know, it's their version there it was a, a, a soda mm. brand. Mm-hmm. Instead of Coca Cola it was Nazala. No. When you, you you read all these, you really want to read the other ones too because it gives you more insight to the story and other characters in the story that may not even be in the Dark Tower series for very long. But that's because really their their story is in other books, right? You know, like they're just kind of
1: crossing over a little bit.
0: Per Per Callahan, he's really from Salem's Lot, right? So, um, and the sickness in the Dark Tower series comes from or, or crosses into the Stand and. So, So you really want to read these other uh, books to get a handle on the full story. Right. I mean, if you like a long, adventurous story, this is the one. And then uh, they bring up Cantaz um, in this story, which is also in The Regulators. Mm. And the other book, that's the mirror to The Regulators. And as the story goes on, we start to lose members of the the, the quartet. but that doesn't necessarily mean that's the end because remember there's a lot of magic a lot of a lot of worlds a lot of winds, and I mentioned jake uh, Chambers getting drawn in more than one time so this was like I think this was the first story that I ever read where I didn't get too sad when somebody died or whatever because they could come back at any time
1: oh absolutely and
0: what's great about stephen king is he doesn't do it in kind of in a hokey lame way just to get somebody back it's like like an integral to the story Mm -hmm. like he's telling you something else if somebody comes back through and it's actually very fascinating and this the story is so intertwined with so many different things and understories and other stories that if you're not, well, even if you do really pay attention to what you're reading, you will miss something. You will, and you read it again, and you'll go, "How did I miss this?" The first time. Right. That's absolutely what I felt. That's the reason why I keep reading it over and over and over again because I keep seeing other things, and that especially that's mentioned or part of other books. Then I'll have to read those books over again, too.
1: Yeah. And uh,
0: there's a point when Susanna gets pregnant, and they all kind of, you know, and and that was, that happened when she was helping to draw Jake back through.
1: Through the door. And they, you know, Mm -hmm.
0: they they, they hoped and hoped that it would be Eddie's baby, and it was just very clear that no.
1: Yeah. That was not Eddie's baby.
0: And when it finally, when she finally gave birth to that child, Mordred, he was a spider. And um, my favorite horror artist, Henrik, he was making a spider one day, and it has the ornaments on the back. It reminded me of Mordred, and I was like, I gotta have that spider. <laughs> and on that note, on that note, uh, it just came in the mail the other day. I have to put the legs on, but. I'm excited to, to uh, get that done because then I'll have a mortgage.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Eric is awesome. a very talented human being.
0: Yes, he is. And there's a lot of bad guys in it that are great, like the low men.
1: Oh, you know, the low men. They're the low man.
0: men are... Whew, they are, and I love them. <laughs> <laughs> um, The way the um, axes are being destroyed are with mostly kids who are very, um, they're psychic. They're psionic in some way. And they're using these kids to break the axes of the world. And the idea is that the creatures that live in the darkness like, right now, they feel like they're, like, locked away from reality, I guess. That's the best way I can explain it. But if the tower falls and all the axes break, then the darkness will be all there is. And so they will be free if there is thinking. And what's weird to me about that is other people trying to help bring down the tower it's like so what do you think you're going to help bring down the tower and what you're going to be king of the darkness you're going to die too like what are you doing it's dangerous in the darkness if you haven't noticed and there there are tastes of what's in the darkness and the dangers in the darkness behind doors and different realities and they are fully aware They're fully aware, and yet they're doing it, and these people are helping to break it anyway. Now, and I mean the bosses, not the breakers. The people that are actively trying to bring it all down, they're called breakers. And I can understand why why they're doing it. They're doing it because, and, quote, the real world, they're freaks. They're weirdos they are kind of scary to people. They're oddballs and they're outcasts cuz they can do things other people can't do. And so they're they're bullies and they're locked away and they're shut away and they are that that's who they are. But here in this place, and their house specifically for what made them weirdos and outcasts wherever they come from. And so for once they feel valuable. They feel they're appreciated for what they're capable of doing. So that's their reason um, for helping bring down the tower, except I don't actually think that most of them really know what they're doing because so many of them are kids. Mm. And, you know, kids, whatever people tell them to do generally, they're going to do it, especially if they have some kind of skill set, especially a natural skill set that makes it easy for them to do it. And they're given a comfortable place to live. They're treated very well. They're not mistreated. They're not bullied. They're not outcast. They are integral to the work that's done here. Except the work is about bringing about the end of the world and all the world. And bringing darkness. It's everything that lives in the darkness. Which means if you don't live in the darkness, you are in danger.
1: I never got the the outcast aspect of it. I never, I never got that vibe from the book. Maybe it's something I missed. Maybe I have to go back and read it again. But from what I remember, no. they took an ad, they, they saw an ad in the paper and it was set up in such a way where they, they knew who they were attracting, put the money in their bank account. And then they were whisked away into this other world. So they were doing their, they were doing a job. I never got the whole um, right. outcast aspect, freak aspect. Maybe I have to read that part again. Well, um,
0: one thing, I know I got some of that from other books I've read. But also, uh, I believe Tim Lee Otego actually says it. Oh, no, it's not. It's not him who actually It's one of the breakers who leave to go get Roland in the quartet. And remember Eddie says, But why? For God's sakes, why would they help oh bring down the end to everything? Yeah. Okay. And he says it. He says because they're not freaks here. They're they're valuable here. Now
1: I get it. Finally. Now I remember. Okay.
0: Finally there's special right. Finally their special gift is of some use to someone. Okay. Right. So gotcha. that that's that and then they're fed these uh supplements that make their gifts even stronger and then you piece together that the supplements are made from like whatever they get from the brain of all the the uh, kidnapped twins
1: the college yeah that's pretty much they've been they've
0: been kidnapped for generations after generations after generations, not all of them, and it wouldn't be both twins. It would just be one twin from each batch of twins every generation. And as as you know, the kids weren't killed. They were brought back, but they were brought back missing a whole lot of shit because they sprouted out seven, eight, ten feet tall. They were very mentally deficient when before they weren't they would eat themselves to death if you let them.
1: And then when they So grew, you find out there's... Oh, oh. Go ahead. When they grew, just the pain they went through, that just reminded me of that.
0: Right. Right. And then just to find out, this has just been the culmination of so many people's work for generations. And that kind of gives you an idea of what... Uh, the kingdom of Gilead's been, been about and and raising their gunslinger children and sending them out into the world to fight against this thing that's been happening forever. And it gives you an idea that these are like very long-lived people unless they get killed, of course. Yeah. If they don't get killed, they're very, very long-lived. And they're long-lived because there is this huge work to be taken on that evidently only they can really handle because these kids are raised and trained. It's like your whole life is boot camp for this one specific mission, which is stopping the end of everything. And if that's not heavy, that you're born to help stop the end of everything, can you imagine being those kids? Uh, members of the katet, they fall, but they're fighting and battle and what they're they're meant to do. Just because somebody's dead, it means they're just dead in this win, in this here and now and not necessarily forever. And then when it's just in the end there, when it's, when it's Ro- Roland and Susanna and poor Oi and Susanna's given a choice, and Roland's just like desperate for her to stay because he's lonely and he just does, oh, he's wary, yeah. and he, he, you just get you get that he has been at this forever, and but she has to choose for herself what she wants to do. She already knows what he's gonna choose. He's gonna choose the tower, period. That's what he was born and raised to do. That is his life's mission. That's it. But Susanna's like. That's not necessarily mine. I I wasn't born and raised for that. That was just like my part in the past, but my part's over, so I'm going to take this different path. And that was awesome, by the way. You didn't know it was awesome at the time, but she took that t- path and it was freaking awesome. And then Roland goes on down the road. He makes it to the tower. He makes it to the end and – he makes it to the top of the tower just like he wanted. Mm. And then he opens the door and he goes through it. And we're all just shocked. I'm not going to say what happens for people who ever, we we're just all shocked. And immediately, my first reaction, the first time I ever read that was to, to grab that first book and start all over uh-huh. it. That, That's what I did. And that was amazing. I love that story. I love absolutely everything about it. And I was already a fan of King, and it just made me an even bigger fan. It was awesome, yeah, I wish that the movie they made was I don't know it felt like a clips note. it had great actors in it. We loved them, but I don't know it wasn't i it didn't feel like a real attempt at making. Even if they just said, "Okay, we're just gonna we're gonna make a movie about one book, *The Gunslinger*," mm-hmm. that would have been a more honest attempt, I think. Instead, it felt like a money grab. Oh, absolutely. Stephen King has all these fans, and obviously, the fans are gonna watch it.
1: There's no way you could capture that entire series in one movie. Think of the Lord of the Rings, okay? You think how much energy and passion and love went into making those as close to the essence of the book as possible. That right, I haven't right. seen that movie, and I can tell just by the previews, no, I, I'll, I'll never watch it.
0: Right. I mean, it would have to be like the Lord of the Rings. It would have to be like Harry Potter. Yep. It would have to be movie after movie after movie. But still, there's so much, and there's so much nuance I think if they did do that, they would have to do like J.K. Rowling did for Harry Potter and hire a guy whose entire job is to maintain the story. Mm-hmm. Like I I I think I heard a point where somebody wanted to bring in like first they wanted to be American. They're like, "No. <laughs> this is not no." And, it's, and it was absolutely not necessary. And I'm I'm glad, because it wasn't necessary. They're, hello, there are British people. That's a thing. British people are not a myth. There are British actors. There are incredible British actors. There are incredible British actors that are far and away more incredible than a lot of our actors because of the way they're trained for acting. Yeah. So it had to be that way. But there were I would, it, in order for, I think, fans of the book to be there for a series of movies to be made like that, Stephen King would obviously have to be involved mm-hmm. and there would have to be a guy that he hires or a woman, whatever, that is all about maintaining the integrity of the story, period. And that's the battle they fight. Yeah. Because if it's too far off the path of the story, fans are not going to be happy. The way the story is told and and just the way it it rolls out, My gosh, if you had a couple trillion dollars, I don't know if Mm, you could make it happen. Probably
1: not.
0: We'd have to be, we'd have to be very, very, very forgiving. I mean, just even like in the one part when you think about uh, when they were in that great forest and the bear came, and then God, yeah, you found out that the bear was a machine, but it was also bleeding and it was like had maggots coming out of it. Just that right there. It just sounds expensive. That would was... like whoever's job it would have to be to create just that bear. That would
1: be expensive. Yes, it would.
0: And it wouldn't. It's it not. It wouldn't just be the bear. The engineers, the artists, the the camera people who would have to make that the parts that don't quite look right look right. Yeah. Whoever's gonna put maggots in there to make it look right. <laughs> whoever's job that's gonna have to be. Um. The the just just the point of machines who also have gone insane is its own thing and already sounds expensive. Yeah. I think it would just be better to just not even go there. Making movies with a story like this, it's just I don't know. It's kind of pointless, and especially if it's gonna go the way so many other Stephen King movies have gone. Don't get me wrong, I I watched them all. At this point, it feels like a duty, but like yeah. the stand. The Stand is such a different – the Stand movie is such a different feel than the Stand book. It always feels like a 90s made-for-TV
1: miniseries. Yeah, I can agree with that.
0: And I'm not saying that's wrong or it's bad, but when you love a book and it has a feel – to it, that's entirely different. I have to approach the book and the movie as two separate things entirely.
1: Would you consider the movie campy, just, Christian campy?
0: Oh yeah, they're making a lot more. They have they're making and have made a lot more Stephen King movies that are actually that actually did go straight to uh, TV, but were still really good. Um, out of Dark Nose Stars came Big Driver oh. in 19, 1933. Whew. Those went straight to TV and they were really good and followed the story just about as close as you could get. They were really good, great acting, great it was just Man. really they did really well.
1: I don't know if I want to watch those. I, I, I had nightmares after reading the book. <laughs>
0: that
1: That's was fair. a rough read. Yeah, that was but a rough those movie.
0: movies, those movies are exactly what I would think a Stephen King movie would come out to being like, not like 90s camp. I mean, they're fine, but the feel was just not right. But in those it's movies that just went straight to TV and DVD, the feel was right. I don't know it how you make like a, a campy in the book.
1: The subject matter was so dark. I don't yeah. know. I, there's no camp in there. I mean, you can't. Well, the,
0: that can be said about a lot of Stephen King's movies, and somehow they ended up campy anyway. Which is very strange because they would have just taken a cue from, like, um, The Shining and even um, Cujo. Those are heavy. That's all you have to do. But for some reason, they went with campy. I don't know. Maybe it was a cost thing. I have no idea. Yeah, Andre Uberdahl, he is supposed to be making the long walk. And I'm so happy because okay. I love that story. And I think he has the chops to get that done and get it done with the heaviness that it really needs and the nuance that it really, really needs. Because, like, at least make it at least as heavy as, like, Stand By Me, which was – Oh, yeah. Um originally the body even that's got some camp in it with that weird um uh pie eating competition scene
1: yeah. but
0: at least it had the weight in it it needs to have so i'm 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 super excited to see that one
1: if you can um, make a good movie about people walking down a highway there would have to be some um reminiscing um going back in time before, you know each character kind of going into their minds a little bit, you know, building the story up with each person. I imagine that's how they'd have to do it.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess we'll find out if, if it, if it happens because you know, a lot of movies, they're slated to be made and then something happens, who knows? And then it doesn't happen, but I hope it does. Because that's one of my favorite books.
1: Oh, I know. I I really
0: do read that every year.
1: The audiobook book was, uh, I listened to the audio book. Was- this
0: is the number one place for macabre cults, classics, and horrors. For synopsis, reviews, and news, go to macabre.com. Thank you for listening. Signing out. Until the next one.